Hello everybody, it's me Ross and welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social where town fans have their say on all things town. And well, what a week it's been. Not a good week, a defeat at home against Bolton, 5-2, a thrashing of all thrashings and then we got beaten by a bunch of West Ham kids in the EFL trophy, Papa John's trophy. Um, but no, it's uh, not been a good, good week but there's a lot to talk about. I'm joined by five Fine people from the Kings of England fan uh, posse, from Francine making her debut to Bloomers, whose internet actually works now, to Mark Wakeley, all the way from Wales, to Liam and Brad, who I met for the first time in person. We'll go over to you in a second, Brad. But Francine, welcome to the show, your debut. Now let's see how your debut goes. I'm sure it's going to be great. Um, but the first question I'm going to ask all everybody is, how are you feeling at the moment? In a few t- words... Your feelings on town's current situation? Uh, I'm very frustrated. Um, you're not supposed to be. It's a brand new era. And it's got off to a pretty bad start. Quite concerned as well that every game is the same mistakes. Um, they're not bit, you know, it's the, exactly the same. Every Lots of mistakes, individuals. But yeah, so frustrated and concerned. But... Okay, then. Well, um, Bloomers, over to you. And um, can we hear you? Can you do a check quickly? Hello, check one, two. It works. It works. But, okay? uh, yeah, it sounds good. You, sounds if, good to me. If the, if the uh, voice isn't coming through, then just stare at the light because that would be more entertaining than my, my jarbled speech. But uh, hopefully you'll be able to hear me okay. All good, my friend. And, uh, yeah, in a few words, your current feelings. Uh, well, it's just crap, isn't it? Uh, in the in the in the words of the um, fantastic Talking Heads song "Once in a Lifetime," which I'm guaranteeing Ross, you've never heard before. Same as it ever was. Same as it uh-huh. ever was. Same as it ever was. Unfortunately, we're having a race at the moment with Nottingham Forest for most dysfunctional football club, um, and I think we're slightly edging it. I don't understand quite how we've got to where we are, but it's clear that uh, any continuation on this. Even over the next five, six games means you're looking instead of a promotion race to a relegation fight. And that's not a joke. And I'm sure we'll get onto it in a a little bit later when um, we have the question about how long should uh, the management team at the moment have. Uh, I'm happy to give my view later. But my initial feelings are things need to change very, very, very soon. Otherwise, this is a lost season. Okay, then. Um, well, Wakers, welcome back to the show, my friends, all the way down um, from Wales. And um, how are you feeling at the moment? Uh, no wins yet this season. Uh, got beaten by West Ham's kids and we lost 5 to at home. Not so good so far. No, if I had to pick three words, um, I think I'm going to go for disappointed, frustrated and impatient. Disappointed because... Um, Quite frankly, forget all the, the tactical formation and, and cook all the rest of it. It's the attitude that really galls me. I mean, this run towards adversity rubbish. I mean, forget that. Ambling towards mediocrity is what they're doing. I didn't see anybody break into a sweat on, on against West Ham. I really didn't. I didn't see anybody fight for the shirt. Um, that's really irritating me. Um, frustrated because I actually think we've got good players who were an upgrade on last season. Um, and I think there's enough of them there to make a, a reasonable side, you know, that can play attractive football and, and penetrative football and, uh, and damage other teams. Um, haven't seen it this season. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm impatient because, you know, after years and years and years of, 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 of utter dross, 
you know, at the start of the season, I promised my son that, you know, this was a return to the halcyon days. We'd be at Wembley, do all the things I used to do when I was a kid, where we won the FA Cup when I was, you know, seven years old. And, you know, there were, you know, I could actually take you to Portman Road and, and see a crowd and a victory. And, you know, it would be the, you know, the golden era was, was coming back. Unfortunately, I think, you know, my son's probably going to be married and have children of his own by the time those days return, because at the moment it's, it's, it's grim with a capital gr. So, yeah, disappointed, frustrated, impatient. I was about to be very rude there and say to you, Mark, you lied to your son. You lied to him. <laughs> but <laughs> we move on. I'm an, opt- I'm an optimist, Roscoe, and I, you know, yeah. I keep telling him, it, you know, it's, you know, it, I keep saying to him, it cannot get any worse. And then Ipswich Town find ways to make it get worse. You know, it's incredible. Yeah, of course, it's still early days, but uh, it's just not the start we we're hoping for. Um, over to you then, Liam. Welcome back to the show. Um, I'm just going to bring up a little stat about Liam. Um, he doesn't have milk with his cereal. I, I found it out last night. Um, that's strange. Uh, but, yeah. How are you feeling in three words? We'll, we'll go back to that question in a minute. I'll go over to everyone else to get their thoughts on that. But no milk with cereal? Strange. Yeah, well, it, it's um, largely because as a kid, I decided that putting milk on cereal would make them go all soggy. So I and I like a bit of crunch on my cereal. So I'm I'm uh, yeah I don't do milk on cereal apart from cocoa pops. But I've had to kind of cut back on cocoa pops for the whole weight loss kind of <laughs> regime. So um, yes, uh, that's a little a little quirk um, there. Although it's not as bad as your mate Kieran who doesn't have gravy on the roast. So I'm uh, I'm I'm saying that's worse. <laughs> Yeah, it's worse. Um, <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm concerned, um, and uh, well, yeah, concerned, worried, any kind of take on that really at the moment. I'm not panicking at the moment, but there is plenty of frustration there that they should have at least won one game. Uh, well, I mean, they should have probably won couple but um there should at least be one win on the board there somewhere um six games in the league against teams who have either just been promoted or lower half of last season um and two cup defeats against well a youth side and a league two side so <laughs> it's uh, it, it's probably i don't think any of us um, even being as conservative as we we could probably have, have thought of the start of the season and not got too carried away, I don't think anyone would have thought it was as bad as this. Um, and using kind of Bloomer's analogy, um, where we should be kind of on the yellow brick road right now, uh, we are kind of on the road to nowhere. So um, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping... Um, things turn around pretty quickly. But at the moment, it's hope at the moment rather than actual expectation, which is uh, deeply concerning. Was that is that a title of this podcast? I'm sure there'll be other, some great other quotes going to be made today, but um, that's, a, that's a good one. Let me note that down quickly. Well, um, that's, but that's a talking head song. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a talking head song. We're on the road to nowhere. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, hopefully we're not. Um, uh, Bloomers, did you want to say something? No, doesn't. Well, it wasn't important. It wouldn't have been a funny joke, and it wouldn't have landed. Carry on. 
Okay. Um, but over to Brad, I'm a man who I met in person for the very first time. We embraced very much so. Um, it was a very good day, uh, despite the 5-2 defeat. But Brad, how are you feeling currently? Yeah, when I met you, Ross, um, I almost forgot about the game. I had to actually talk about the game five minutes later. Um, but yeah, that was great meeting you. Great meeting the guys. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm with the other guys. I'm I'm really concerned. I'm really concerned about Cook tactically, um, a lack of plan B, um, substitutions, uh, just overall concerned about Cook. In, in, in the recent games, we'd certainly been, been in the games, looking like the side to go and win, but he was completely outcoached Saturday. Um, I didn't really see, I know, I know a lot of players have poor games, but we were beaten by a, a better coached side, and that was extremely worrying for a guy who's got Two promotions out of this league, has he? Um, won the league with Wigan in, in this league. and I don't really see how it happened in, in a way because it just looked so tactically inept on Saturday. It really did concern me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned. Okay, then. Before we get into the, the nuts and bolts of everything, I want to quickly just bring up that question that I said to Liam about his cereal. Um, out of ha- everyone's hand, do you have milk with your cereal? Yeah, yes. everyone has milk for cereal. What's your feelings <laughs> on this? What's... Dry, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, I can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Porridge would not be porridge if they didn't have milk. It'd just be no. yeah, a bit, bit oh, dust. It'd just I be a lot of dust. Crunchy cereal is boring. You make the dust bleed. Yeah, true. <laughs> Um, but no, little 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 segue there. Our cereal. Um, but let's talk about West Ham um, <laughs> and the starting eleven and a missed opportunity. Um, not I don't know, that's a weird segue, but it is what it is. Uh, Francine, over to you. You were there Tuesday night. Um, the Papa John's Trophy. West Ham under twenty ones came to town, and the team came out at quarter to seven, and it wasn't as strong as we first was hoping. Because Paul Cook was saying it's going to be a strong side. This team was picked a week ago. Um, but yeah, your thoughts on that and um, a missed opportunity? Very much so. Um, I'm not quite sure how you can call that a strong team. How many of them will be in the 18 at all this season? Um, Holy's our third choice goalkeeper. Um, what, what I wasn't had key, you know there if you want to play a different goalkeeper um i understand the need to rotate if there are a few fitness concerns you know edmondson uh coulson burns because of their fitness concerns but 10 changes um you know what what good like i know he said in the chat about the win to us fans is really important. Now, we want to win games and if we'd have won that, we'd have all gone home really happy, but it would have had no impact on the winning mentality going forward. Um, and then we've lost, which is even worse, isn't it? Um, and very few, if any of those players, showed that they deserve a spot in the starting eleven at this weekend. Um I know that other people may disagree, but I was quite impressed with Carroll. Um, he asked for the ball. You know, he dropped deep to get the ball. Um, and he was everywhere. 
um, looking for passes and things. Other than that, um, I can't say any of them deserve to be in the squad this weekend, certain, and definitely not starting. Um, yeah, not the. I made two teams at the weekend after that. One that I wanted and one I expected. I was so far off on my expected because he'd made it sound like it's going to be a lot stronger than what we got. So not worth the two hour journey it took from Colchester. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure they yeah, must've had train troubles. Um, yes. but we, we, we won't get into that because it, it made it, made it worse because we lost two one. Um, Bloomers, over to you. Um, Francine's covered different players there. And I think it's understandable players with Edmondson and Colson. They've just come back from injuries and COVID and they didn't really have pre-season. But most of the squads you could have put in your regular mm-hmm. regulars. Um, but over to you, your thoughts on the starting 11 and a missed opportunity. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to go too much into the nuts and bolts of the game because I wasn't there. So it'd be wrong for me to... to uh, give you any kind of tactical analysis what i can do is offer up a theory and actually the more i think about it the more it makes sense and i might put a tin hat on in a minute uh tin foil hat i think he shut the bed i think could completely shut the bed i think he realized if he played our full team there was still a very good possibility we'd lose that game or not win it and if we didn't with a full team the abuse coming would be even worse than what it is now and he's kind of improving right sort of half right that he's he still made the changes and we, and we lost lost anyways I think he was all planning on p- playing a really strong team if we'd have well, perished this, won a game by now. Um, but we hadn't. And the fact is, we were going into it still looking for our first win. I think he shut the bed and um, made the changes to deflect if there was going to be a bad performance. And wouldn't you know it, from what everyone has said, a bad performance. I mean, I've only, again, I've only seen the highlights, so I'm, I'm not going to go too much into it. I think it is a complete opportunity wasted because... How often are you going to get 90 minutes in the middle of a season that aren't going to be consequential to your league campaign, which is, I mean, even in more than recent seasons, it's everything this season. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, we need some, well, work at the back, and that's very, very, very generous. Um, so why would you not use that opportunity to, to get players some minutes together to work on things that you've been working on in training. I mean, it all sounds so simple when you put it like that. But for whatever reason, and I've given you my my opinion, he's decided that I'm going to make 10 changes, even though I've said it's going to be a strong squad. Yes, the squad still should have been completely strong enough to have dealt with a... Uh, yes, there's some talented players in that West Ham team, but it's, again, a, a youth side. But it sounds like the same old problems happened with different personnel. Same defensive mistakes. Uh, Holy's highlight reel is... is well, it's not a highlight reel. It should be on one of them 99p DVDs you see in the bin with the old own goals and gaffs ones. Um, yeah. he, he's now somehow managed to get himself behind Claggy in the pecking order, which is a some feat. And, yeah, I, I, I can't see any positives out of the night other than maybe Norwood scoring a goal after three minutes. Is that consequential for Saturday? No. Was this game consequential for the season? No, and I think some people do need to maybe step back and realise that. But I can't uh, give anyone any reassurance if they're wet in the bed and scared about what's to come because there was nothing to take from it other than more more misery. But maybe know what you think of the theory because I'm interested. Definitely. And uh, Mark, yeah, as Bloomer said, his theory, do you think Paul Cook did what Bloomer said? 
I don't know, but I find it strangely ironic that we had a two-week international break and we had to arrange a behind-closed-doors fixture in order to get the team together uh, and, and, and build partnerships and get them to gel. And then we get an opportunity for, as Bloomer said, a game here where we're effectively we've got nothing to lose. It's not a league game. Uh, and we waste an opportunity to build some of those partnerships. Uh, you know, And I don't really understand why some of those players, I'm sure Edmondson could have managed a half you know, and, and played alongside Burgess to build up that partnership with perhaps Walton in goal. That, that wouldn't have been a wasted 45 minutes, in my opinion. Uh, you know, And there are some other players as well I think could well have been out there you know, it's a home game, you know, and I don't give a monkeys who we're playing and what the trophy is. It's a home game at Portman Road and the 4,000 fans there who turned up and the many thousands who watched on iFollow and paid £10 for quite frankly, bloody awful coverage, you know, deserved a lot better than they saw. And I don't give a monkeys what trophy it is. It's Portman Road. It's our home and we should put up a fight and we should go out and try and win a game. And I don't give a monkeys, but it didn't look like we were particularly interested. I don't think the side he picked is going to help us in any way. I think if Norwood had scored a hat-trick, I don't think he's playing on Saturday, if I'm brutally honest. You know, I would have liked to have seen Piggott get a few more minutes and, and, and you know, numerous other players as well. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm lost, to be honest, Roscoe. You know, and I think that, you know, momentum is only going one way. It was an opportunity for us to put out a stronger side and, and, and get a, a, you know, a, a first victory of the season and perhaps start to turn that tide and, and build a bit of confidence because confidence is everything as a footballer in any sport, in any any walk of life. Confidence is everything. They'll have a spring in their step. Go into the next game, you know, take chances perhaps, you know, that you know maybe they wouldn't take at the moment. Um, but we missed that opportunity. You know, we go into Saturday's game on another defeat to, to, to what was a frankly bang average, you know, West Ham under 21 side. You know, nothing's... Nothing special, really. You know, I, I think we it was a wasted opportunity. And I, and I think we would, in hindsight, we should have, you know, played a stronger team, built some partnerships. And, you know, most importantly, have got that very first win of the season. Could it, because it could have made a huge difference. Yeah, it would have been. I know it's only, you know, beating the West Ham 21 kids, but to win a game, to finally win a game. Um, and Liam, another big point, what Mark said there about just making them partnerships, building them partnerships. And it was just a missed opportunity. And what Bloomer said, what Francine said, it's, you know, it's just, it's a game that you can win. You know, it's, you're at home. A big thing, what Mark said, you're at home at Portland Road. You know, you don't need to worry about travelling anywhere. You know, we've got, they've got to travel to Gillingham for the next group stage game of this. But um, yeah, missed opportunity. Yeah, it's it was, um, I, I thought he would have gone stronger than that. Um, the thing I would have liked to have seen, and I know Edmondson and Coulson are two pivotal parts of that, who probably wouldn't have played anyway just because of their their fitness situation. But I want to see that back five play together and give them more time to gel. If you think about it, right, Bolton, we had Edmonton and Walton come in to make their debut. So all of a sudden, a defence that's still le- already leaking goal, you've made two changes to already. And, OK, yes, another five went in on Saturday. But... That's the team that he's going to go forward with. I want to see that back five, given more. And even if West Ham got nowhere near and and it was a comfortable 4-5-0 victory, whatever, um, you can use it as a training exercise. It doesn't have to be. And and I agree to an extent with, with Bloomers in the fact that I do think Cook shat it, but I didn't don't didn't know if he had shat it because he was too scared of putting out a team, a strong team, of getting beaten. I just think he was too scared of any of those first teamers potentially getting injured 
and not being available for Saturday. And frankly, I find the whole fitness kind of side really, really strange because all of them, apart from Edmondson and Coulson, have had pre-seasons at different, at different places. Um, I mean, Aluko had pre-season at Derby before he came in. So his performances early on, I thought he was good on Saturday, but his performances early on, you can't say that he didn't have a pre-season under his belt. Everyone else has had a pre-season either here or elsewhere. And I don't understand why why most of them are not up to speed, why they're all looking absolutely knackered um, with uh, 20 minutes to go. I've said this about Edwards. Edwards in the, the, the home game against Wimbledon was completely out on his feet. Um, and I just don't I just don't get what why the players aren't fit enough now, why there isn't enough in there. And so ironically, use these games to give players fitness. And look, if they get injured, they get injured. But we've talked about the squad now being really strong. Look at the depth. People have been talking about this is bigger than what Cook would probably like. Well, we've got the depth. Use it. If players get injured, it's part and parcel of the game. We now have players who can come in and replace. So let's not let's let's try everything we can to get something going here so that we can we can actually start moving up the table. And instead, he's played a team. I mean, Norwood's, yes, he's come back from injury, so give him minutes. I guess that's one that I I don't object to too much. But everyone else, I mean, Holy was, well, he, he had a bit of a stinker. Um, so, uh, but I've already said that I wanted to see the strongest back five we could possibly put out to get more cohesion there. Um, Midfield-wise, I mean, Morsi was always going to play. But, of course, his is, his is a suspension, but he will come in. Um, but I, I would have, I would have liked to have seen, unless he's going to start Carroll on Saturday, I would have liked to have seen one of Evans or Harper play alongside him and get, get a bit more, get that kind of understanding. Because at the moment, the issue we've, and this is the problem I've got. It's not our defence necessarily that is is the issue. For me, it's the shape and the fact that the team don't seem to understand the shape. Um, especially in midfield, and that's where the problems are coming. There's no cover for the back four. The wide players are having to cut in and try and nullify that space. And in Cook's attacking philosophy, the full-backs are bombing on. But then that's leaving tons of space in behind. Uh, Kane Vincent Young is, is nowhere near it at the moment. I, again, on Tuesday night, he was just chugging back after losing the ball high at the pitch. It's just lucky on Tuesday he wasn't playing against a team that was as ruthless as Saturday. Uh, and, of course, he got hooked on Saturday for that. So it, it is it is concerning. And I, I, I just wonder if Cook maybe has to look at a way of, of maybe trying to get results at this stage and trying to be more defensively solid. The moment I would I would not object to a boring the ball came off somebody's backside in the 90th minute one 0 win at Lincoln on Saturday. Um, I I really really could I, I would not object to that at all. 
um, because it's all good being attacking, but we've gone from one extreme to the other where we've had McCarthy and Lambert and we hardly see a shot on goal, let alone actually scoring anything, to then suddenly we look good going forward and players are exciting, but we can't keep anything stum at the back. We've got second worst football league record at the moment of conceding goals. The only team worse than us is Reading. Uh, and it's just, it, and the teams that we've played, you have to put that into context. It is pretty embarrassing. So regardless of whether they need to gel or not, that that's embarrassing the teams we've played. Um, and at the moment, it, it, is, it is really concerning. But Wednesday, Tuesday was just a, for me, it was a no-win situation. Cook wins it. It's West Ham on the 21s. If Cook loses it, he gets vilified even more. So at the end of the day, it's just one of those games, get it out. But he could have used it better, in my opinion. Definitely well said as ever. And um, we will get to the big talking point, and that is Paul Cook and uh, what needs to change. Uh, before that, though, we go to Brad. Um, you've heard what anyone else has said. Um, I'm sure you're going to echo their thoughts. Um, what's your thoughts on this Pat Johns trophy game against West Ham 121s and losing it, of course, and the team selection? Yeah, I, I completely agree with Liam on team selection. Um, there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't have seen the same back five. I know fitness plays an issue, but why not play Evanson and Tolson for 60 minutes just to give them that cohesion you need? You you can't recreate match situations in training. You can do your best to, but you can't. It's not the same. So them spending five days this week on play throw, going through the same motions, just playing 60 minutes at West Ham would have been much, much more um, for them than what just training would be because you just can't recreate it. Um, I've got to say, to be honest, I'm not too bothered about the competition. Um, when people say no wins in eight, I still say no wins in six because the lead is everything and I just see the lead. I'm sorry about that, but I do. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I just think it's an opportunity missed. Like Liam said, uh, it was a game which you could have used better. Um, yes, it's West Ham and the 21s. I'm embarrassed that we lost to them. Of course I am. And given that it was a quite a, well, it wasn't a strong team, but you've definitely got enough out there to beat to beat West Ham. And it's just a, it's a bit of a lie, really. And Al Cook is saying to his fans, the four two three one fans, which went down there, which was poetic in itself. <laughs> but you're going to have yet a strong side tonight, and then you see the squad, you see the you see the team on the on on paper, and it's like you've been lied to, isn't it? I, mean, I, I didn't I didn't go to tonight, but. I bet you're all pretty pissed off when you read that team on your way down there. So <sighs> fans are paying customers and you want to get fans to the ground. So don't lie to them, is what I'd say. <laughs> Definitely. And um, uh, Liam, Francine, everyone. <laughs> uh, one more point about Tuesday night. Um, to say only wholly appreciated the fans at the end. Um, acknowledge us in any way. Every other member of that team just walked off the pitch and um, I think that's disgraceful. You know, we've been to some pretty terrible games over the, the years. Um, just in the last couple of years, Lincoln away 5-3, um, the Lincoln 1-0 in the cup. Players still came over to the fans knowing they would get a full load of grief, but they still came over, appreciated the fact that we came to the game 
Um, I don't care if there's one person there or if there's 25,000 people there. Players have to, I think, come and appreciate us. And you wouldn't have seen that last year. You wouldn't have seen a team with Chambers or Scoofs, even if they were on the bench, they would not have accepted the players just walking off the pitch. Um, and that, to me, is worrying because it says to me no one in that dressing room is showing they care. Um which is a big worry. Okay. Um, I'll sort of hand up there, Liam, and then we'll go back to you, Francine, to talk about what needs to change and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, Liam, to end on the West Ham. I, I, I just wanted to elaborate a little bit more on the point that Mark made about running towards adversity, this kind of trying showing effort. Um, on Saturday, the two goals that were conceded at the start of the second half Yes, it was a it was a, a sucker punch to concede right on the break, but the second half they didn't get going, and they just let Bolton have the the freedom of Ipswich to get those two goals. They gave them so much time to give them extra opportunities to score. Um, and Tuesday night, it was they got ahead, and then as soon as that equaliser went in, I saw nothing in terms of, especially second half, nothing in terms of effort going forward. They let the game drift. It was like they just couldn't be bothered. They just let it drift. They didn't look a threat. And then the only time that they suddenly started looking a threat was as soon after the penalty had been scored, where they started playing balls wide and trying to get them in the box. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really... Um, frustrating, but even even with it being a second string team, they just they just didn't look up for it. That second half, they just let it drift, and I, I, I'm just thankful that the ticket was free. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, for some people it was. Um, and that's the next question. A good segue into you know what needs to change um, and your thoughts on Paul Cook at the moment. Uh, I know a lot of people are on the fence at the moment and. We'll get everyone's thoughts on this. I hate doing this every week. We're doing like, you know, how long's he got and all those sort of questions on Paul Cook. But it's a big talking point every week because he's coming out saying different things and we're not getting wins on the board. So, Francine, over to you. Um, what needs to change and your feelings on Paul Cook at the moment? I want Paul Cook to succeed. Um, I'm obviously because that would mean that we're succeeding. Um, I don't want us to become one of those clubs. Someone mentioned Forrest earlier that... I mean, I read this whole amazing stat today about how many managers they've sacked in the past 10 years. I don't want us to become a club like that. The great thing about Ipswich has been the fact that we give managers time and the fact that, you know, the amount of managers we've had in our whole history, some clubs have had in the past, like, ten, I say, 10 years. Um, he does need a plan B. Um, I know that, Four two three one is his preferred formation, but at the moment doesn't work. Especially, like Liam said, with the fullbacks, effectively wingbacks, bombing forward. Um, without a mid central midfield able to drop back, then it's not working. So he either needs to change the formation or he needs to tell Coulson and either Vincent Nongodanasia, wherever it is at right back, to stay back. Um, because they have every team has far too much space behind our defence. 
know, once they get past midfield, which they do far too easily, um, they've it's effectively just the two centre backs having to defend their whole width of the pitch. Um, <laughs> there is a concern for me that he is putting too much pressure on Morsi and Selena to change our season. And that's not just him, it's a fan thing as well. You see on social media, it'll be fine when Morsi comes in. Morsi will change it. He's that midfielder we need. Why have we only got, if, it's, he's, if that position is so important, why did we only get one on deadline day? Um, but I'm far too concerned that, you know, he's being effectively being given God status and he is going to change our season. Selena is going to change our season. Um, when they don't, who is? Um, you know, for a player to have that much responsibility on their shoulders is quite a lot. Um, so, yeah, I think he, he just needs a plan B. I want him to succeed. Um, but I worry that if he doesn't, the longer we leave it, the more it does become a relegation battle. And um, I don't think we can leave it till Christmas if things don't. Because that's been said by a few people. We leave it to Christmas is every chance that we're fighting to stay up. Um, and that shouldn't be a conversation that we are having. Um, you know, we've got good players. You know, in, you see that with the individual goals that they score. We've got good players. Um, so we should not be thinking that next season we might be in League Two. Um, so if the change does need to happen, if the change does happen, it has to happen sooner rather than later, um, in my opinion. But I do want him to succeed again to the day. But yeah, yeah, I think we all do. And um, I was not. Not expecting to be recording a fan social podcast in September and talking about all this sort of stuff. I thought, you know, at the start of the preview show, I thought, oh my God, September's going to be amazing times and all that. But uh, we're town fans after all. Um, Bloomers, over to you. Um, what needs to change and your current mood on Paul Cook? Right, rant time. Here we go. I'm like that bloke out of um, that Spanish TV show, aren't I? Um, yeah. <laughs> don't ask me to pronounce it because I can't. Um, don't ask me either. Uh, TikTok. Because, um, right, this, this is going to bounce around all over the place, so I might need someone to, to rein us in here. But I, I completely agree with the end of what Francine just said. Um, things do need to change sooner rather than later. And look, I want if we all want issues to succeed. Of course we do. I want Paul Cook to succeed. I know he's had a really hard time with it as well. So anything I say right now, and I've said before, is all purely on obviously what, what's happening on the pitch right now, but nothing against the man at all. And um, I hope he steers through a difficult period of his life. Um, okay, it is baffling that things have gone wrong as quickly as they have and as badly as they have. But at the end of the day, they have okay. In the past, it was a town of let all these uh, managers have time whether they should have had them or not. Okay, fine, right? But it's the 21st century and the sort of novel idea of having a manager in charge for 14 years just doesn't happen anymore. It just, it just doesn't happen anymore. And it, 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 it doesn't matter if we have four managers this season, but we go up, who cares? Right. No one cares. Someone, someone with a glint in their eye is in their senior years might care. Right. Or someone younger might care as well. I don't. And I would 
put money on that the vast majority of people wouldn't as long as we go up okay sometimes you just have to admit things are wrong and like sometimes you just have to you just have to just put a line in the sand and go right okay it's not working like aston uh, this is a very asinine example but aston villa had roberto di matteo in charge uh in i think it was their first season in the championship i think it lasted about eight games they just went it's not working move on and they didn't do it because he's a bad manager. Like he won the Champions League a couple of years before he uh, before we went to Villa. But for whatever reason, it wasn't working. The owners, I think it was a different ownership to the one at the time now, but it was still an ownership which went, look, we need to get back in the Premier League. This guy's not going to do it. Let's move on. And OK, they had a few different turns in the road before they finally got there. But that kind of thinking is what served Watford so well. You know, I, I know that's the exception rather than the norm, but... I'm not saying that uh, also that a, a new manager would suddenly solve all our issues. What I'm saying is look at what's on the pitch right now. Look at everything that you've all been saying, that I've already been saying, and what does it add up to? Well, there you go. Like, plug the gaps in yourself. Um, I was like, I remember joking around with my friend. I think it was after, I don't know. It wasn't after the Bolton game. It might have been the game before just before the international break, just being like, look, I can see the Cambridge game being quite tasty. Like the Cambridge game next month when it's an away game, it's a, as of this season, our local derby for the, for the time being and a bad result there. And you can see the fans turning like that, especially the fans that are going to be in that ground on the day. Uh, I'd say it's a, I'd, I'd be odds against him being there for the Cambridge game at this rate. For me, there's three games now we've got it coming up in quite short succession. You've got the Lincoln game, on Saturday, you've got the uh, Sheffield Wednesday game at home next Saturday. A, tough game. B, they're actually not in a good run themselves. And then C, after that, it's Doncaster at home on a Tuesday night. If there's no wins out of those three, I think he's gone. And also, a little quirky stat, we love getting rid of a manager midweek. McCarthy, Hurst, um, I'm pretty sure Lambert as well, all went in midweek. So I think Roy, Ke- Roy Keane probably as well, I think, Roy midweek. Yeah, I honestly can't remember, but like, it's just something to think about. I think we've had bad runs in the past under King, like 16 games without a win at the start of the season. We've had bad runs and like bad starts of the season in the past, but like, maybe this level of reaction hasn't been there. And I know the takeover and the high expectations kind of go hand in hand with that. But we wouldn't be, or the majority of the town fans wouldn't be reacting the way they are um, if we're doing this run but the continuation of getting gubbed in the 96th minute like has been happening. But that's a long, long time ago. That's not happening right now. What's happening now is a systematic breakdown of a team on the pitch for whatever reason. That's the reason that the, uh, the level of anger has swelled up because there just seems to be nothing there. We don't have a... Ba- just the last point, because I'm, I'm approaching Liam levels of length here. Um, I'm not, I'm only joking, Liam, don't worry. Um, uh, it's very true. <laughs> um, we, like, it, it baffles me that people can go there and be like, oh, yeah, uh, have us on Christmas. Like, you know, or, or, here's me here. he's definitely going to be here for the whole season. Really? Like, as Francine said, we're going to be a relegation fight in eight games' time if we don't think of another win. You know, or, or at the very least, if we're not in a relegation fight and we get out of it, great. But we've screwed up every expectation or every hope of getting into the top two. And then the top six is, that, is just an absolute crapshoot. So, and that wasn't the plan at the start of the season. If people would have said at the start of the season, oh, we're going to finish sixth, 
quite a lot of people would have been like, well, I'm disappointed in that. But all of a sudden, in the space of seven games, it's like, oh, sh- shit, we better aim for sixth. So, you know, it's so... We have football so reactionary and it's so quick and things change so quickly. But the fact that we've gone from where we were at the start of the season to this, and, you know, a lot of it's justified because of what we're seeing on the pitch. Does that not spell it out for anyone who's listening that things, you know, need to change? And if that's the manager, so be it. Uh, if you really want to do a who should be the next manager, let's just wait until he gets sacked because I'm not even going to go in the business of getting a new manager. No, we should not do that. We're very level-headed here on this show. But um, I think some good points there made by Bloomers. And I think that is going to be now the rest of this talking point on Cook. Um, Sort of what Bloomers has said. I want to see what Mark, Liam, Brad's got to say. And Francine, you can pip up as well at some stage. But Mark, um, any talking points there that Bloomers said that you want to agree with, disagree with? Up to you, my friend. There's, there's a lot of things there that Bloomers said that I do agree with, yeah. Um, and I'm, I have a number of questions about uh, about Cook and Ipswich Town, and, and I had a long debate with my father last night. Um, and he asked me this question. I don't really think about this. Was Cook their appointment? And I thought, no, he wasn't their appointment. But they gave him his full back. They gave him their full backing when when they took over Ipswich Town. They said that he was their first choice. He would have been the, the man they'd gone for first. I'm starting to, you know, as I think about this now, I'm thinking. You know, was he really top of their shopping list? You know, was he really their first choice? Are they going to stand by him for the whole season? Are we going to be still debating this in Christmas if we are lower mid-table or in the relegation zone? I really don't know. That's an interesting point because I hadn't really considered it before, but I'm not sure that he was their first choice. You know, and having taken over, you know, a club and invested all this money to be stuck with a manager who's not achieving and who probably wasn't their first choice, you wonder how long it's going to be till they pull the trigger. Put that to one side, you know, I want him to do well and, and I want Ipswich Town to do well. But I do feel at the moment there's a great deal of tactical naivety and I really do feel that, that backroom staff, Mick Mill said it on game two, they're, they're very inexperienced and I really would like to see somebody alongside him with a bit of tactical nous because as Francine said, we've got good players. What we haven't got is a good team. And to turn good players into a good team, you need one thing and that's a blooming good coach or a good set of coaches. And I don't think we have that at the moment. You know, I, I, my concern is that there's some tactical naivety there. There's some poor decision making. You know, there's a there's a, a great deal of um, Lambert-style inflexibility with this four-two-three-one, which drives me around the bend. You know, Burns apparently can play right back. Why haven't we seen Burns having to go at right back? Because Vincent Young seems to have lost several yards of pace. You know, from where he was when he first started, and and, and Burns is flying. If we're going to have flying wingers, why don't we why don't we give him a go? Why don't we just put three in midfield and just play it tight for? 90 minutes and sneak a 1-0, for Christ's sake. You know, do it McCarthy style. We need a victory. We really do. Why are we playing a number 10 um, who is largely irrelevant? You know, can you please give me an example of what any of our numerous number 10s have done this season that that, that would lead you to believe that they can grasp a a game by the scruff of their neck and actually dictate play, you know, and and build attacks? Because it's a pivotal role, that number 10. If you're going to play two sitting midfielders, that number 10 really does need to be getting on the ball, dictating play, playing it to the wingers, the the, the fullbacks who are flying up and really bossing that, you know, the forward part of the midfield. I don't see that happening at all. I really don't see that happening. And whoever's played there hasn't done that. And to suddenly believe that Celine is going to come in and do that is 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 fairyland, really. You know, bless him. You know, he, he's not been well. He's, he's not going to come back in and, and turn into Ronaldo or, or Messi. It's, it's not going to happen. Not in League One. Um, so, yeah, you know, 
I want Cook to succeed. I do feel that you know he does need some support. He he really does need somebody alongside him to just to to, to put him to one side and say, look, look, Paul, this isn't working. We need to rethink about this because you know we've tried this now. You know, what's the definition of madness? Is doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same results, isn't it? And and that's exactly what we're doing. We're playing the same formation, and we're going nowhere. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, he's going to have a bit more time because you know, again, he signed a, a, a plethora of players, and a lot of them have links with him. Um, I listened to a very interesting thing on the Monday Night Football Club about Liverpool how they systematically identify players, um, and they identify players with a very clear criteria, so that whoever is the manager, you know, those players will remain their pick for a reason. You know, I've never liked this idea of picking players who played for a manager before because you know what happens when the manager goes. Somebody comes in, doesn't like them, and it's a huge turnaround. We start again. I'd like to think that those players were identified not just because Paul Cook fancied them when they were on his list. You know, I think I'd like to think there was a clear criteria for why they would fit in into his town. So it's yeah, stop rambling now. But I think he's going to get more time. I, I think he needs to have a little bit more time. But I do really think that he needs somebody alongside him to help him out through this. And I think that we need to become tactically more flexible. And you know, let's let's um. You know, let, let, let's settle for a dirty one nil and a you know and a, and a headed goal from a corner in the ninety third minute. I'd be more than happy with that. Yeah, I think we just w- want to win, don't we? Um, Liam, um, once again, I'm sure you're going to echo what the um, Francine Bloomers and Marcus said. Um, any other talking points from those um, discussions there that you want to bring up? Anything you agree with, disagree with, and your current state on Paul Cook? Uh, the number ten is quite interesting that Mark makes that because. Um, the number 10 uh, was uh, Chaplin on Saturday and every ball that was played to him was played about two foot above his head. <laughs> and it's a bit like we, we've talked about the midfield. Now, the problem is, is all the chances at the moment are coming from the flanks, either the wide players or the bombing on fullback. Nothing is coming through the centre of the field which basically makes that number 10 completely a passing. Just null and void. And, and Saturday was ridiculous. I mean, the number of balls, it, it reminded me almost very, very closely to the, uh, the horrific night against Fleetwood um, at home where uh, Suter was winning every ball in the air. Um, every ball that went forward towards Chaplin, and he's got this massive, massive centre-half behind him. And he had no chance. Uh, I just, I, I just, I, I've said this. I think he needs to go more solid. He needs to change something to to make it more solid. And just look, if he wants to play this going forward, work on it on the changing uh, on the training ground. Work on it, get it going. But for the time being, potentially change something in the game at the moment so that we're harder to beat. And hopefully, with the quality that we've got we should start winning games, even if it's only by the odd goal or two. The quality we've got should be enough to win us those games, as long as we're harder to beat and we, we'll get those results. At the moment, it's all well and good saying, well, the entertainment factor is better, but it's not bringing results. The, 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 the biggest worry I've got is that the first, first five games before Bolton, you could say in every game, that Town were in it and lost the big moment in the game. The big turning point, the big big moment that happens, Town lost every single one of them 
And that's how they ended up not winning, either not winning the game or um, or obviously going on to lose it. Saturday, after two weeks on the training field with not having a game where we all thought that would be great, that, that's something now they can have two weeks away, worked really hard. And all of a sudden, it was an absolute shit show. Just the shape was just absolutely all over the place. Um, and that's the worry for me. But you could see in those first five games, there is something there, but there needs to be something to tighten it up at the back. But now, after that Bolton game, I don't know what to think because everything was just so bad. Um, and Cook himself, um, I, I think it's I think it's a, a, a mute point, to be honest. I, I think he will get time. Uh, I don't think he will be sat before Christmas. Um, and I think I think that's the way forward. I think that's the way Ashton is looking at it in his words of you, you've got to you've got to um, give people time to do things. And, and the change management on this level um, was always going to take time. I agree, though, that we should have done better right now um, and things do have to change quickly. I don't think, I think it's a bit sensationalist to start bringing out the R word. I don't think, I don't think for one second that we will get relegated or that we'll be any part of the relegation battle. This might come back to bite me, but uh, I don't think we will be any part of that. But for me, what might be worse is just finishing mid-table again because we've been sold this vision and it's no better than the last two seasons with a squad that vast, was vastly inferior in terms of talent. Um, and I, 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 that, for me, I think would be... Um, well, obviously, relegation would be worse, but I, but I don't think we will we will be in there. I think we have a good enough side to stay away from that. Um, but at the moment... I would take sixth, as Blue said. I would take it right now. Um, but I, I'm still hopeful things will come together. But it is the longer it goes, the harder it is going to be to defend him. Um, and I agree with pretty much what everyone has said. But from a tactical point of view at the moment, it's, it's very worrying because it's not good enough. Um, so... Yeah, uh, I, I I hope this is this this will be just completely thrown away after a win on Saturday. But the the longer this goes, um, yeah, it's going to be a lot lot harder. But he will still be our manager come uh, at least November, I think. So that's that's the very least. Well, that's probably going to be a talking point in a few weeks' time. How long has Paul Cook got? That's probably, I'm, I'm predicting that now, probably. Um, I hate to say that, but it could be happening. Uh, Brad, over to you. And one sort of quote that Paul Cook said after the West Ham game is that we're soft. Um, well, well, soft touch, sorry. Um, misquoting him there. But uh, yeah, your thoughts on that and what everyone said? Well, that's a strange one, isn't it? Because um, he's completely built this squad in his image and what he wants it to be. So if he calls his own players soft, that's a bit worrying, isn't it? Um, look, I like Paul Cook. I do. I like his personality. I find him quite infectious. I want him to succeed um, desperately. 
but it tactically is really, really worrying me. Tactically, it's, it's, it's the biggest thing for me. And do I honestly think it would be any better if there was a number two? Not necessarily, because I think that he's a control freak. I think it's, it's complete control freak. I mean, he, he says about having people around him that he can trust. There was never really a, a mention of like a, an, uh, an actual coach he wanted, wanted at all, or it was just about people he could trust. How do we not know that Liam Richardson was just one of his minions that he could trust? I mean, people are saying to me, like, if Richardson, we sort of should have paid five mil for Richardson. We don't know that he did the training. We don't know that at all. I mean, from what I've seen from little clips and videos and what I've heard from people, could controls a lot. So how do we know what big an influence Richardson did have? If he has somebody like McGrill coming from the outside and starts selling them this, that, have McGrill will last probably two weeks. So I'm, I'm worried. I'm, I am seriously worried about Kurt in that sense because tactically, okay, like, Okay, like I said, I think it's control free, but technically, I, I, he's he's got to have some humility. He's got to realise that his plan isn't working um, because it's hurting us massively. And one simple change I think he could make is just the fullbacks. I know that his play is built around fullbacks bombing on, but when the ball's at left back, you don't need Vincent Young to be up on the pitch like a right winger. Just leaves an absolute massive hole. You don't need it and because then Burns is tucked in for some reason. And yet Burns could be doing that and Vincent Young could just be just in his position, basically. And last season we had Chambers out back at fullbacks. So, yes, you really did notice the fullbacks because we didn't have wingers who could beat their man. So you wanted to have fullbacks who could rampage on and offer something on the outside, wouldn't you? But this season we have Edwards and Burns who can beat their man like that, who Burns did twice on the weekend to get a ball into the box and we scored twice for him. So I don't think we really need fullbacks to rampage on as they do. We could quite easily have fullbacks which are just sitting in, keeping their shape, because the shape is the main thing, isn't it? Once that all, once once one's gone, leaves a massive hole. And even when you when you track them back, Wings, I'm not seeing I'm not seeing Wings track back. If they if their fullback comes up, have a, don't have so much arrogance to say he's not going to do anything. You track your man. You go back with him because how many times we've got a two and two on one on the sides as well, and central players about this box. I've been hearing a lot about this box. If the right back goes, you've got to have um, Morsey or Evans go out to the, go out go out wide. Um, Edmondson go out wide. If there's one thing that centre halves hate, being dragged out wide. I don't I don't I don't like it personally. Um, and again, the number ten. I mean, there is a hell of a lot I'm known about tactics here. I know, but. We were completely outcoached Saturday. The number ten, Josh Sheehan, he he showed us he showed Connor Chapman how to play that role. He was everywhere. Every time the ball was on the sides, he was within five yards of it. Chaplin was absolutely anonymous. Last season, our striker was too isolated because Judge would do whatever the hell he, whatever the hell he wanted, or the number ten would drop too deep. This season, it's like he's a second striker. I don't get what the number ten is actually doing. The number ten has to run the game for me. Has to go looking for the ball. Yes, okay, Selena might change that. He might be the answer. Morsey might change midfield, probably might be the answer. But you've brought in 21 players. You can't just then rely on your last two deadline day signs to then be the ones which are this magical answer. It's really, really worrying. And I just, just think you've got to have a bit, bit more humility because at the minute we've tried to turn water into wine without the actual process of turning that war into wine. It's like, we're going to play this way. Um, we're going to absolutely rock up the lead. 
And in the time of adversity, he needs to have humility and just say, look, let's just sit in a little bit. That doesn't take any tactical genius just to say, look, don't don't bomb on that time. Just stay back a little bit. Choose your moments when to go. Because at a minute, the shape, what he's trying to do is a shape. Where at Wigan, he had a team for three years. That's the shape he had at the, uh, had at the end of it. I doubt it was like that when he first came in. You've, you've got to take time to get there. And um, like others have said, just, just become a bit more defensively solid and just try and nick a win. It might not be pretty. You might not see the ball bats bombing on, but be a hell of a lot more solid. It's just, it's just bloody mad, isn't it? I mean, I'm sitting there with my dad on Saturday and we're gone 1-0 up. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying to him, after 1-1, one, one, it's like, this is absolutely bonkers. Like, any second we can score, any second we can see. It's just you can't play 90 minutes like that because that's not game management. You can't you can't just go up the other end and then the other team comes. It's like a basketball match. You can't have that. You've got to play the game. And at the minute, it's just like the result could be 5-5. It's just bloody mad. So, so yeah, a lot of things there need to change that with me. Um, I think he gets 12 games. Because in a support of the season, I think if you get 12 games, zero wins is gone. Because the the Americans, for me, I know I know we're saying that could start to get time and that, but they have made it very, very, very paramount in their interviews that promotion is everything this season. And um, I don't think they're going to care about Paul Kurt. They've probably not even met him yet. Um, they're going to be they are the guys who are making the, making the decisions. They can overrule Ashton and. What, what, what they're seeing on the Saturday is results, not seeing performances. And up until Saturday, we were seeing performances which could lead to results. But on Saturday, that, that, it was just incredibly, incredibly worrying. So, so yeah, I think he gets 12 games before that could be pulled. I don't want to see it. I really want him to, to succeed. We've had the biggest change in backroom, in playing staff in our history. You can't expect that to be magic overnight. But you can expect at least one win six games to be played at least. <laughs> yeah, it is worrying and it is mad. And um, we'll go and bring some more lighter stuff. But I'm going to go to Francine because she's waving her pen about. She wants to speak. So go ahead, Francine. Um, just something that Brad mentioned about and that you mentioned about Paul Cutts' comments and quotes in his press conferences. They mirror last season. Last season, he told us that that whole squad had to go because they didn't care about the club. They didn't care if they won or lost. They had no desire, no fight. On Saturday, he said the squad didn't have fight. Um, He said that they didn't have the aggression and the hunger. Um, Why? When he, as was said, he brought players to fit his image. He wanted players that had hunger, that had fight, because he said we didn't have that last season. And he's already six games in, bringing out the same quotes, while at the same time saying he won't throw players under the bus. I'd say that is throwing players under the bus because he's saying they, they don't have the hunger to win. Um, why, are the same, why is he saying the same things when he's got 21 different players? Um, that's worrying. Yeah, it's got to be wound up again now. It's like... He, Sorry. Because <laughs> he gets a free ride for the whole of last season and people seem to forget we were in like the top seven when he took over. We were well primed for a playoff. He's question. told us though, hasn't he? He said when it was put to him by Sky, um, four, win- four wins in 24 since you took over, 
He said to them, don't count last season. Yeah. All right, then. Let's not count last season. Zero wins in six. How does that sound? It's worse. His win is worse if he ignores Um, last season. Does anyone else think it's, by the way, I don't know if we even talk about it enough. What other professional football club do you know that doesn't have an assistant manager? Like, that's like, that's football manager levels of like, you can't bother to appoint someone, so you've just left it. I even appoint someone every time I go in football manager, though, because it helps me do my job. Yeah, yeah, there's an ask assistant button for a reason. (laughs) Um, Like, even like the greatest managers of all time, like Alex Ferguson, like, put it it this way. Okay, you you have some uh, managers who are synonymous with their assistants, like Brian Clough and Peter Taylor. But then you, even in like the relatively modern era, Alex Ferguson had about eight different assistant managers in his time at United, like um, Carlos Quiroz, Steve McLaren. These ones just off the top of my head, like, and it didn't like the reason there was a churn is because there was new ideas coming in, and he was always willing to listen. And Paul Cook is not Alex Ferguson. Uh, and did Paul Cook say that in that thing he did with the fans that if it wasn't Liam Richardson, it was no one? Isn't that what he? I think I read him. Somewhere he said that that he didn't want an assistant if he couldn't have Richardson. Um, well, around okay, our level, and he didn't, and he didn't our, need one. Around our said, level, assistant managers. Around our level, assistant managers are pretty much they follow their manager, don't they? Because, well, I mean, Mick McCarthy, Terry Connor. How much do we actually know what went on with Terry Connor on the training ground? We know that he did striking sessions. <laughs> we always heard about them. You have. You have players, you have, you have managers like Steve Evans, uh, his bloke always follows memory. You just, you don't really know how big an influence they have, but they're people they can trust. So, I, I, like, like, like we were saying, the control freak that Cook seems to be, I can't see him going and get some some bloke who's a great coach like Liam Mann. I can't see him going and get him in, in as assistant manager because managers just generally, they are the they are the arrogant ones. They just like to have people who, who listen to them and, and follow their orders. I mean, when I was playing, I never had an assistant manager who really gave his own ideas or coached the team in any specific way. It was all relayed onto the manager, and then you'd have a bit of banter with that assistant manager because he's not your boss, so you'd get away with it a little bit. And to me, that's how I see assistant managers at that level, anyway. You're Newton you, again? Guys. I know I am. I know I am. Um, yeah, Mark, I saw you. Put your hand up. You want to come in? Yeah, sorry. I was just going to mention. You know, uh, Bobby Robson had Bobby Ferguson. George Burley had Dale Roberts, you know, both trusted assistants and good coaches. You know, I, I'm staggered why he hasn't got an assistant coach because, you know, it, it, it seems that every other, you know, football club in the country seems to have an assistant coach. And whether or not they're a yes man, it's a different set of ideas. And surely two heads are better than one. You know, it, it, it's got to be worth it. Even if it's only to have somebody to bounce your ideas off, you, you need that. Don't need someone to, to, to clear your head. And, and the and, experience. And, open up your, uh, and the experience, like... It's all very well giving people the um, like Gary Roberts a, a pathway into coaching, but when He's you've not got, got his coaching badges yet, no, when you've got three back, uh, the three first team backroom staff are all new to coaching. You know, we've got no experience back there, no one with any special. So I know we joke about like Terry Connor and stuff, but having someone a defensive minded coach. Doesn't have to be assistant manager, but just someone experienced, a defensive-minded coach. Um, Terry Butcher, why wasn't he kept around to help out a bit? Because, you know, that kind of experience and things could have made all the difference. 
Do you think he underestimated yeah. League One? Yes. Do you think he's underestimated League One? He's gone, I don't need an assistant. I can get promoted by myself. Because yeah. surely he needs one. The higher they well, go, we go up the pyramid. Well, he's gone from saying... He one for the championship. He's gone from saying about League One that we are the big club in League One who everyone wants to beat and there's a pressure on us to do well. Every club's going to come here and beat us because we are that big club to saying there's lots of big clubs in League One. So I think, you know, um, Sunderland, Sheffield Wednesday, Portsmouth, he's gone, he's completely changed opinion. So yeah, I do think he completely underestimated the teams in this league and what this league was about. Which would be fair, yeah. he's done it, he's been promoted twice before, so surely yeah. he knows the winners of getting You think so? I think we should um, stop there. <laughs> I think there's a lot to say. I know you're about to cite Mark there, but <laughs> I think we should stop there. Time <laughs> out. Let's time out. And I think we should go a bit, lift the mood a little bit um, and bring the strike, and then we'll get back into Lincoln City this Saturday. Um, but yeah, great chat there, guys. Loved it. That's fantastic. Um, but let's hit the strike jingle. You guys in this chat won't hear it, but the people listening um, and people watching won't hear it either. So, but jingle, go. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Strike. Brought to you by the greatest quiz show host on planet Earth. Producer... Ross. Okay, we're back. Um, let's get to it then. The topic of the strike is Lincoln City. Hey, no, 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 no one cares. <laughs> um, we have five questions with a tiebreaker, and it is all about um, you know our, our games against Lincoln, play for both, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and um, last week, Bainesy, Tom Baines won it last week. Um, he pretty much. Won it by last 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 question. So um, can someone beat that? Um, so question one, and it will come on just, the screen below. Oh, yes, Brad. Yeah, just quickly, I just want to say favorite for new manager if he does go. This man here, Michael Appleton, hundred percent worked with Ashton at Oxford and Michael O'Leary. Uh, put your money on that. That's what I say. Okay. Okay. Um, he won't come, though, because he's got a good job at Lincoln. Um, but question one <laughs> is, um, how many games have Town won? Yeah, we won games before against Lincoln in 18 meetings. So um, whoever gets closest to the correct point gets the point. The correct res- yeah, answer, yeah. You, you get what I mean. You've done this before. 18 games. Of course, a lot of those meetings... Yeah, writing it down. Yeah, I did text you, um, but you must have not got my message. Right. I meant to say beforehand. Um, yeah, of course, our, we had a long gap of meetings against Lincoln um, until, of course, them famous FA Cup games. Um, are you all ready? Okay, everyone bring up their yeah. answer. I better write it a bit bigger then. Hang on. Oh, yeah, I'm blind. Right. Okay, what, what's that? What, what's that, Liam? I can't read that. 14, that was 9, <laughs> 7, 6. Did you go again? 6. And someone is yeah. bang on. It is 7. It is 7. Bloomers <laughs> makes it 1-0. What, what was your think behind that, that, that answer there? 
Well, I was I was going to put six because that's a third, and that seems mm. obviously like a law of averages. And then I remembered we actually beat Lincoln in the cut replay the other year, so it I did. put it up by one. Yeah, and uh, that question will come up very soon, but we'll get to that in a second. Question two is on Teddy Bishop. Of course, he's going to score against us this Saturday, um, a standard. But how many appearances did Teddy Bishop make during his time at town? Uh, of course, most of that was injured. Um, but he did play last season a lot of games. And, of course, that first season in the playoff campaign, he made made an impact. Of course, his debut season. Um I think he scored five goals in total. I don't know if that's a clue. Um, five goals in how many games? Um, question two. Whenever you're all ready, show me your answer. 110 is gone there. Bloom is 89. 90. Oh, undercut, yeah. Liam, like, four, 45? Yeah. Yeah. 45? Oh, 45! <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Mark's got 93. Um, it's actually more than you think. It's 132. Friggin yeah, because last season mm. he made his 100th appearance, didn't he? And how, yeah. and how we all said that how long has taken him, like six, yeah. seven years, to get 100 appearances. Of course, all competitions, of course. It's not just league appearances. Did I not say? Oh, I don't know. But who, who, who got closest again? Sorry. Brad. Okay. What did you, what did you say? 110. 110. Okay. Okay. That's good. All right then. One, one, and the rest got zero. Question three is on that Alan Judge late winner. Um, who set him up though for the goal? Can you remember? Oh. I've, got, I've got three options. Oh. Was it Idris El Mazzouni, Anthony Georgiou, remember him, or Miles Kenlock? Remember him? <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you still hear it, apparently? Um, currently with the R23s. Um, yeah. What a, what a night that was. A freezing night in November. And finally winning the FA Cup game, because that was the, the night. Uh, Miles Kenlock. You spelt Miles wrong there, uh, Mark. But uh, don't worry. Idris El Mazzouni, C. You've got Kenlock as well. El Mazzouni, C. Um, it is El Mazzouni. Oh. El Mazzouni. Oh. So, Brand, Brand makes it 2-1-1. Liam and Mark still on nil. Um, now, last <laughs> season... Um, oh, this is an opportunity now for you to get your point. Um, question four. Who scored the equaliser in the 1-1 draw with Lincoln at Portman Road last season? You have options. Do not worry. Was it James Norwood, James Wilson, or my boy, my former boy, Guion Edwards? 1-1 against Lincoln. Um, yeah, I think... I think Did they get a penalty? No, no that, was the, that was the away game when we Toto did a Toto. Um, C Wilson, uh, James Wilson. Sorry, James Wilson, James Norwood, or my former boy. I know, but you could be you could be wrong. Um, I should I should have told you guys not to do it straight away, but you put it up (laughs) anyway. Wilson. Um, does anyone go Wilson? Then has anyone gone Wilson? Yeah, Wilson. Yeah, look, he's even crossed yeah. out what you've written. <laughs> what, what, what have you crossed out? Still no, inquiry, please. I've got to say, I had, an, I, I just remembered the goal literally was as someone said Wilson. Was the inkling because it was one of the three options? Right? <laughs> I just literally, as soon as someone said Wilson, I was like, yes, that header. Mm. Mm. Well, you'll get a point. Mm. Um, uh, adjudication here, Ross. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I want to see, Brad. I want to see what was the, your previous. I, 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 I forgot the scoring anyway. Oh, I crossed that Wilson and put Wilson. Don't worry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll see. We still it can still change in this final question. Um, and um, we are um, a couple of us are heading to Sinsel Bank or whatever their sponsor is now. But what is the attendance of the Single Bank Stadium? Closest to the correct gets the point. If you get it bang on. Do you mean, do you mean capacity? Yeah, capacity. Yeah, attendance. Yeah, whatever. That's probably, yeah, I should have done that. Capacity. Yeah, that's the proper word, isn't it? Attendance is, yeah, when you do the attendance, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, capacity. 9,000. Okay. 9,742. <laughs> 6,000, 10,650? Yeah. It's 10,120. Oh, I didn't think it was that big when I was there. Maybe it's because there was only one little food hut. No, it was over 10,000. I knew it was over 10,000. I don't know who's won, to be honest. Liam. Oh, okay, but I don't know who's won we're, the whole thing. We're, we're all just... winners because we're just yeah. town fans. We're all winners. Let, let's do let's do a tiebreaker. <laughs> let's do a tiebreaker to decide who will win. Um, I think Brad maybe won overall. I think he got. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, this is a tiebreaker and a player who's played for both. And um, good old Danny Rowe, remember him? Uh, but how many games did he play for Town in his three-year <laughs> spell? Um, I don't know where Danny Rowe is now. Do you know where he is? Well, he was at Burton, but I don't know now. Yeah, it might be. I think he is Burton. Chesterfield. No, that's a that's, that's a different <laughs> Danny Rowe. That's um that's the other Danny Rowe. Uh, let me get the yeah, other guy up. Yeah, yeah, he's still at Burton. He's still at Burton. I don't. He didn't. He wasn't on the bench when he played us, did he? Um. But anyway, um. Yeah. How many games? He scored one goal. Little clue if you need a clue. Uh, during Not those for a number. 17, 24, oh, 24. Really what are you on for? I can't see that. 35. Can Liam get it bang on? What's he going Tom's for? Tom's gone for 10,000. I went for, I went for 35. <laughs> He's got the same as mine. Sure, folks. The answer is, did, did Francine and um, Mark go the same as well? Yeah, we both went 24. The answer is 29. <sighs> Um, so, do Francine and Mark win? They win. Yeah, they win. Oh, there we go. A debut for Francine and a, a win for Mark. Uh, I ain't got another tiebreaker, unfortunately. So, um, so yeah, um, I think whoever gets the prediction right for this weekend wins the strike for this week. But um, let's um, Kendo, uh, that is that the is that the segue? That segue pretty much because um, we're now getting to an hour and 15 minutes of this podcast. So I think it's time to sort of wrap it up, but it's been a great show. Um, but your feelings going into this game, uh, Francine, over to you, your prediction. Um, do you think anything will change? Do you think Paul Cook will have, you know, a few days to reflect on the, the, the games and go, well, oh, maybe I need to switch up a few things or, you know, what, what do you reckon? What's, <laughs> your, what's your prediction? I don't think he'll change. Um, I think he's too stubborn to uh, change formation. Um, I'm slightly worried See, um, Lincoln won five one last weekend uh, away to Cambridge, so they're going to be full of confidence, um, and we're not because we got 
beat 5-2 at home. So um, uh, we, I think we have to use, and if we're going to have the number 10, we have to use them properly. Uh, we cannot, if it, whether it's Chaplin, whether it, whether Selena plays there, whether Fraser comes back in and plays there, we cannot basically hoof it up to them um, because that's not any of their game. Um, Selena, I think, could be vital if he starts. I don't want to put loads of pressure on him, but I think his, I, you know, he did really well at the championship level for us, so I think he could be quite important for us this weekend. Um, Having said, I'm worried. I can never. Stop taking your pen. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't ever like saying we're going to lose. So um, I'm going to go for a 2 1 town win because I just don't like saying. I, I don't like saying we'll lose. So. Well, well I'm going to say that. We're going to lose 2 0. <laughs> um, so there we go. That's my prediction. Um, I'm sorry to be very negative, but Lincoln looked like <laughs> a good too, side. I'm too Maybe I'm too positive. I just can't say it. I don't like saying we'll lose. So I'm going to be optimistic. Yeah, go for it. I'm, I'm hoping we will do. Um, but yeah. Um, Bloomers, over to you. What, what do you reckon then, my friends? Uh, uh, you know, Lincoln's not been a great place for us to go to in recent times. Uh, are we going to get our first win or is it going to be another miserable day in Lincoln? Yeah, it's not been a good hunting ground. I was at the one new FA Cup game. I Quite confident saying it's probably one of the worst period, uh, games I've ever seen at town play. Certainly nothing off the top of my head can can beat that. I'm going to keep this quite quite succinct because I'm sure people that want to stop listening now, they've probably got home and they're sitting in their driveway listening to this now. Right? <laughs> so um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more than a little worried. I'm terrified. I Surely, surely, surely uh, he, he learns his lesson and, and tries to make us a little bit more compact against a team that um, are no pushovers at home. However, I do agree. I don't think he's going to change too much, unfortunately. In terms of prediction, I mean, it's quite easy, really. Just put the other team to have two, because that seems to happen most of the time. So what do we get? Zero, one, two, three, four. Take your pick. Um, I'll go for two, one. So two, one, Lincoln. And and we'll be having a, another similar conversation on Thursday. Or whoever will be doing the other podcast next week will be having a similar conversation with you on Thursday. So I should just play this episode out next week as well. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, same as it ever was can be the tagline for next week. Well, there we go. That's sorted. Headline's done. Um, Mark, I'm sorry to sound negative. I don't want to be negative, but it's just the feeling. When I when we ever play Lincoln, I just I always just fear the game. It's just one of those where you just that that team you when you know we're facing is like, yeah, we're gonna lose. But um, are you feeling somewhat confident? You know, Selena could be starting, and yeah, <laughs> that's no. that's all I can say. Okay, no. nope. Not in the least bit confident whatsoever. From what I've seen so far this season, I've predicted every single game so far that we're going to win and that the tide will turn. My son told me tonight in the car, he said, Dad, for goodness sake, don't say that again this week because every time you say we lose, I said, you are jinxing us. So I said, OK, Joe, I'm going to go the completely other way. We're going to lose 3-1. Uh, um, you know, tight ground, confident team. They're going to batter us. Bishop will probably score a worldie in the in the 15th minute, beat six players, chip the goalkeeper, you know, back heel into the net, whatever. You know, 3-1 three, three defeat. We'll be here next week. Same conversation. I hope to God that's not true, but i got a horrible feeling that that's the way it's going to go, I'm afraid. I forgot about the new pl- the old player curse. Yeah. Yep. He's, he's bound to yeah. score against us. Bound to score. It's inevitable. And it'll Standard. be a worldie. It won't be a tap-in. It'll be a worldie. 
in front me. and in front of the away end as well. Absolutely, you know, he'll Absolutely. do that celebration. And, and, and then you'll kiss, the Lincoln, you'll kiss the Lincoln badge then in front of the town fans and yeah. run back. You know, I can just see it, just see it. Oh, yeah. Joyce, I believe it's going to be fun, isn't it, then, on Saturday? Uh, all this this chat and defeat, Teddy Bishop scoring a weldy um, and all that. Uh, but, yeah, what are you thinking? What's your thoughts on, on this game this weekend? I, I just wanted to, to make a quick um, amalgamation of a point that Mark made and, and Brad's little tip about um, Appleton. I, I, so I don't know if this is true or not, but... Just going back to Mark's point about whether Cook was first choice, I heard someone say the other day, and I can't remember where it was, whether it was in a chat or whether it was someone outside the ground, but they were adamant that Appleton was the first choice for the for the, the owners, um, and Cook wasn't. So if uh, if Brad is uh, saying get your money on Appleton, then it potentially might be. <laughs> when we may have to have that conversation. Um, but I'm not going to be as negative. Um, I'm not going to be uh, positive, though, because I've uh, gone for a win every time and it's made me look like really stupid. So I'm going Desmond because um, it's we're definitely going to concede two <laughs> at the moment. But I think I could see a score in two. So, and although I want us to win... I'd be quite happy with a draw out of this one because, um, yeah, it's it's uh, not a not a happy hunting ground, unfortunately. Okay, well, Brad, you've heard three defeats there, a win and a draw. Are you going to end the podcast with some positivity? It's been a well heavy podcast, but been a lot of good chat, um, and we also had a little strike there. But um, what do you reckon for this weekend? I'll start with some positivity. I love Lincoln. I absolutely love it. Um, it's like a second home. I've got my brother-in-law um, and his soon-to-be wife gets married this weekend um, who live in Lincoln. And the only reason I'm not going this weekend is because I am going to Lincoln next weekend to that wedding. So poor time from the EFL. Preferably it would have been a Tuesday night. I got a long weekend up there. Um, or even so, the Christmas, Christmas market in December. Anyway, I digress. Um, I think we're going to lose 2-0. Uh, they're they're a really good side, Lincoln. Um, they haven't had a great start, but I love the I love the um, away that Appleton's got on playing. I like a few of their players. I like Bridcup. Um, I like Regan Paul, the right back. Adelican is a player on on the left wing. He's got a lot of um, well, a lot of experience and is a good player at this level. So they've got good players all over the park. Um, I just think that they'll they'll win with heart. Whenever I've watched Lincoln, that's what they do. They their fans get right behind them. They just turn it into a place which can't play football. They get on top of you. And at the same time, they outplay you. So unless something drastically changes from last weekend, with an actual an absolute mess that was, I can't see anything other but defeat. I'd, I'd love to say that we're going to win. I'd love to say that we're going to draw. But um, you're coming up against the LinkedIn side who are really well drilled. So it's a recipe for disaster for me. 2-0 defeat. But I'll enjoy my weekend weekend after, I think. Indeed. Um, well, we'll end the podcast right here. Um, Francine, Bloomers, Mark, uh, Wakers, uh, Liam and Brad, thank you for joining me as ever. And um, hopefully next week we won't be repeating what we said this week. 
Um, hopefully, we'll be talking about the first win of the season. But um, I've jinxed it. Sorry, guys. It's um, going to be a defeat. Um, but before we go, of course, got a big shout out to our sponsors at manscaped.com. Use the code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery. And also, as of this recording, the new Warzy um, Never Lost at Home uh, performance is starting tonight. It's probably performing right now as we speak. Uh, when you listen to it, it's on a Friday. So, but they've got their shows running from September the 16th to October the 9th uh, at the new Warzy. Of course, Never Lost at Home, a musical celebration of Boy Robson's Horroric. Um, no, Heroic. I can't even say that word. I'm, I'm not even going to try to heroic. continue. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, squad that of course lift the UEFA Cup in 1981 um, it's going to be a great show if you did, if you did go to the Blue Heaven show I'm sure that's going to be as good as that as well um, but anyways that is enough of me uh, thanks for listening as ever on the fan social uh, let us know let me know at Ross Media UK if you want to get involved we're going to get some more voices on this as ever and um, bring on Lincoln nice little trip there and let's see if we can get our first win of the season let's go from true crime to football, Brexit to Oakville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.